Hello and welcome to episode 12 of the Up and Down Under podcast, an NBA podcast brought to you by three very average basketballers from Australia. I'm your host, Curtis, and joining me as always is our Raptors aficionado, James. The season is here. Let's go, boys. And our certified Nick Young, aka Swaggy P. Stan, Joey. Yo, super keen. <laughs> so this is a very exciting episode for us because for the very first time, uh, given Melbourne restrictions have opened up a little bit, we are able to record in person. Let's go. <laughs> milestone, baby. Milestone. <laughs> Not going to lie, we have spent the last half an hour trying to fiddle with this mic and it's finally come through. So we're ready to go. And yeah, we're going to transition to our Trevor Ariza game. So this week for our Trevor Ariza game, we have a very special guest. I'll let Joey introduce our guest. So this week, our guest is Cameron and he's from Sydney. So we're doing this over a Skype call at the moment. How you going, Cam? Yeah, good boys. Great to be here today. Um, loving the pod so far and love what you bring to the uh, sort of basketball podcast realm. So really loving it, boys. And I think the pod's building some good momentum so far. Keep it up. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for coming on. So uh, we'll be testing your uh, knowledge today. And uh, how do you reckon you'll go? Um, look, I'd say my basketball knowledge, definitely not too good prior to about to, uh, 20. 13 2012 um pretty strong in probably the last four or five years um but obviously probably not going to have too many plays in, in that area today so might be out of my comfort zone a bit ah, well you know step out of your comfort zone mate let's get to it <laughs> yeah so i will quickly re-explain the rules of the trevor ariza game so basically the way it goes is i will be hosting today and i will give it a couple of hints about a specific player um, you know, whether that's general trivia or teams they played for, things like that. And, you know, with our three contestants, whenever they think they have a guest, we're going to get them to buzz in. In the past, we've had, you know, when someone gets the guest wrong, the other person gets to have a guest. But because there's three of them, we're going to get rid of that rule for this week because it'll be too complicated. So, yeah, my first player, my first player play has played 263 games, averaging six points and four rebounds. Uh, I will say that he's, you know, of the common era. Uh, his nickname, given by Shaq, is Yu Rang, a uh, reference to the butler Lurch from the Adams family. He has appeared in an action movie where the main character often frequents a hotel called the Continental, and he has been traded twice with a borderline all-star forward, first from the east to the west, and then back to the east. This all-star, borderline all-star forward, he also has made many dancing videos with, um, and he currently wears the number 51. Buzz. Yeah. Um, Boban. Is Boban. Yeah. Oh, wow. I was trying to make it tricky. I, if, I, if I would have said John Wick, would you guys have known yes. that he was in John Wick? For some reason, I was thinking of Hernan Gomez because isn't he in it like a movie or something like he that? He may have been. I don't he's, know. He's making one. I don't know. I was off track there. Yeah, yeah. Wait, but so it's not a that Boban had a stint in John Wick. Yeah, pretty, pretty <laughs> epic fight scene in the, in the library. Yeah. Okay, cool. We will move on to the next one. So that's one to Joey. I guess, yeah, in terms of scoring, we'll just see how it all pans out. We'll, yeah, we'll yeah. see. All right. Our next player is from Portland, Oregon. He's appeared on the Disney Channel show The Sweet Life on Deck alongside Dwight Howard and Deron Williams. He was drafted by the Memphis Grizzlies fifth overall in 2008, but then was traded on draft night. If you add his NBA jersey numbers together, they equal the number 42. He is a wine connoisseur. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm on track now. <laughs> really? Stepped up the... Yeah, I, I, thought I, I thought I'd jump it. I quite enjoyed that. Oh, clip. I, I need a quick recap. Um, okay, so Portland, Oregon, Sweet Life on Deck, Memphis Grizzlies, fifth overall 2008, draft on, uh, trade on draft night. 
42 is the total number of his jersey numbers. He's a wine connoisseur who is part of the Chosen Family Wines group, which also, another hint is Channing Fries is like a leader in that, uh, like, you know, a, a head um, investor in that group. He was a member of the 2010 USA Fever World Championship team, as well as the 2012 Olympic team. He has been on a GQ cover and is a strong advocate for mental health in sports. Is that any, any better? <laughs> I thought that one was a good one. Um, so he was the fifth overall pick in 2008. Eight, yeah, and was traded on draft night. Because I was going to say <laughs> OJ Mayo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't but, think it's him. I'm going to pass. Is it Kevin Love? It is Kevin Love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so Kevin Love was traded um, with OJ Mayo. Like they were traded for each other. So OJ was then yeah so he ended up in the on the Grizzlies and um, Kevin Love ended up on the on the Wolves 2008. That's a good get. James. The, the reason I, I got it was yeah. I was just think like the 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 Fever teams like always help a little bit but I know that like Channing Fry, Love and Richard Jefferson are always like pretty close and they always like do stuff together. So yeah. as soon as it was like I was like it's Richard Jefferson and I was like no it has to be Love. So, yeah 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 part of all that Cavs team. I thought the GQ cover would be a bit of a giveaway. Um, the mental health thing as well. And I know he's big on that, so. The, uh, the number 42 was a red herring because he's had he's won 42 and zero. zero. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh, smart. I was, was trying to make that a bit tricky for you, boys. <laughs> I overthought that so yeah. much. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking too hard about that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry to put you all on the spot with that one. But, no, good um, clues, good clues. All right, our third player. He is nicknamed the pterodactyl, as in the dinosaur, the prehistoric animal. He went to Oak Hill Academy, where he averaged 35 points a game in high school and was, you know, essentially the number one player, high school player in the country. He has played for several teams, this is important, including but not limited to the New York Knicks, the Washington Wizards, the Shang-Chi Brave Dragons. The what? <laughs> the Shang-Chi Brave Dragons. <laughs> you have to search up the pronunciation for that one. And, and Zenit St. Petersburg, a team in Russia. Towards, and that was all towards the end of his career. His contract with Zenit was terminated after only 10 games because he posted the following on Instagram. Quote, lesson in life. I will never play for a team and the dad is coaching his son. Never again. End quote. And he, he got cut. <laughs> so his tense relationship with coach Scott Skiles was the subject of the song Chart Jump by indie rock band Stephen Mountains and the Jicks. He played a year overseas in Italy before declaring for the NBA draft for the 2K heads out there. Early on in his career, on 2K, he had very, very high potential. You know, if you played an association with him, he could really easily get up to 94 overall. What, what year? What, what, what 2K are we talking here? Let's say early 10s, early 2010s. Okay. He scored 55 points in a game as a rookie and is well known for coining the term bucks in six. Oh. Oh, Brandon Jennings. Brandon Jennings, correct. The 55 points. Sorry, yeah. So basically the first half of those clues were absolute nonsense. And then we were just waiting until we get to the yeah. 55 as a rookie. I was wondering. was crazy. Yeah, but o- O'Kill, I was wondering whether anyone would get that because he was he went there. But yeah, not, not a super um, big thing for him. Okay. Cam, time to get on the board, mate. Yeah, this is... <laughs> you come to the big stage and you start crumbling, boys. <laughs> <laughs> very, very tricky clues, to be fair. I feel like I've, I've gone... I've tried to be very niche. With that was our intention it when bringing on a guest was to just... You know, flex up. <laughs> Put him in their place. <laughs> Unfortunately, you've been the guinea pig for this one, Cam. Sorry. Yeah, that's, that's got to happen, boys. I'll All get right. one. I'll get one. Yeah, yeah, no, I have faith. Uh, fourth player. He is a vegetarian primarily. 
is a big fan of anime and of soccer slash football. He works out with Tracy McGrady in the offseason and also loves the game of chess. He had a primarily African-American advisory team prior to the draft and didn't hire an agent. His social media handle is Faith Consistency Hard Work Pays uh, Off. Buzz, John Brown. John Brown, yeah. correct. Yeah. I was also going to say... Because yeah, that, wow. it's like FH. Yeah, um, FCHW. Yeah, and right. I know he works out with T-Mac. Oh, that's yeah. right. He wears uh, T-Mac shoes, I think. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the other things that we're going to say is just to give Jalen yeah, Sorry, Brown, I cut off your... No, 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 no. <laughs> your uh, research. He um, took a master's level class in his first semester of college and has gained fluency in Spanish. He wants to learn three languages by 25. And he also supported a flat top, which would be another giveaway. Uh, but yeah, no, that's Jalen Brown. So that, uh, that's two to James and one to Joey. Sorry, no. Three to James. Three, I'm on three, three to James. Yeah, it's comeback. It's comeback. Comeback easy. All right. Sorry, so this one's, this one's just, <laughs> just for pride, I guess. Our final player, his nickname rhymes with T-Swish. T-Swish, that's not his nickname, it just rhymes with that. He was born in Little Rock, Arkansas. He's played for several teams, including, once again, but not limited to, the Utah Jazz, the Dallas Mavericks, and the Golden State Warriors. This is, here we go. He was involved in a highly publicized relationship affair scandal in which he became involved with a teammate's wife. This teammate then listened to Tupac as he drove his to his ex-wife's house and punched this specific player in the face. So just to so recap, wait, hold on. This, yeah, recap, this player, this player was the one who got punched in the face. Okay, I think I, I have it. I'm not going to buzz yet. Yeah, no, sure. He was associate. He sorry. He is um, currently the GM and head coach of the LA Sparks. Buzz Fisher. Yeah, Derek, yeah, Fisher. Derek Fisher. Yeah, that's the one. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Did, All did, over it. Did he did the clobbering. No, he no, got Matt, He got Matt beat Barnes, up. Yeah. Yeah, Matt Barnes <laughs> beat him up. Because he was hooking up with his... Uh, the story is actually quite interesting. I was reading up about it yesterday. So what oh, happened I was... I remember, yeah. Uh, Matt Barnes was with his ex-wife and his kids driving home. And apparently they were like at a you know gas station or something. And the kids and Matt Barnes were in the car. And then his um, ex-wife was on the phone walking towards the car. And as she got nearer, like the Bluetooth in the car picked it up. Picked up her call. It, like it transitioned from her phone. And then he heard Matt... Um, he heard Derek Fisher's voice on the call and was like, what the yeah. hell? And then beat him. But yeah, I think they're I think they're cool now. Don't yeah, I think I think they are. Yeah. yeah, I think that was a thing of the past. But yeah, um, I remember there's that Matt Barnes quote. It's like Barnes is never the answer, but sometimes it is. Thanks, thanks for coming on, Cam. Sorry, sorry we made yeah. it very rough for you. Tough, but... tough ones today. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, look, okay. clearly got to dust up my knowledge a bit. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I will give him a chance to redeem himself. Yeah. I will give some less niche clues, hopefully, that time. But we thought we'd have some fun this time around. I uh, hope you enjoyed your time on. Yeah, appreciate it, boys. Love love what you're doing so far. And uh, keep it up, honestly. It's good fun. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the feedback. Appreciate it. Right. No worries, boys. All right. Have a good one, mate. Cheers, Cam. Okay, so we're going to kick it off with our award predictions. Uh, so first thing we're going to do is MVP. MVP. Uh, for MVP, I have like a, a list of names here. So like in terms of the different front runners, like Nikola Jokic, uh, Giannis, LeBron, KD, Harden, and Luca. I'm interested to hear your thoughts, guys. So James, who who's your front runner for MVP? None of those names listed. It's not a front runner. I just it's and it's also not someone I necessarily put money on, but it's someone I think is 
interesting to talk about. I think Trey Young could be a sneaky no. MVP. Sorry. Hear me out. Stop it. Hear me out. The stop Hawks it. are really deep. No, no, the Hawks are really deep. Okay, yeah. Right? I think if Kyrie doesn't come back, I don't actually... Like Brooklyn are deep on paper because you know the names, but I don't actually know how well that team fits together. Right? It's just kind of bodies at this point and ring chases. And then I don't know how much the Bucks want to really go for it. So the Hawks could finish like second seed. And if Trey like gets better, I think that he would he could be in the talks. Like if you've got people in the talks that are like seventh seed, right? Obviously Curry had like historic season, but like if he can get there with that sort of seeding, if the Hawks finish first or second seed, I think Trey will be the best player on the team. He's got to get some sort of consideration. I'm not saying he's a favorite, but I think that that name should be so, like. It's not outrageous at this point, given how deep the Hawks are and how, like, the chance that they... You know, it's open. It's no. Open. I no. think it is outrageous. <laughs> no, well, that's why we <laughs> No, I, I, think it's, I think it's a fair point because, like, we're recording this on the 23rd of October in Australia, right? So that'd be the 22nd in, in the US. But, like, the Hawks have looked very good in their, their one game that they played against Dallas yesterday. It's not just because of that. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I, I do see the point because, like, yeah, Brooklyn could take it very easy... Giannis and the Bucks could take it very easy. Um, Even and if they don't, like the Hawks could still and win yeah, enough. Yeah, games. exactly. They're a really good team. And the blueprint's there because he's clearly like their best player at the end of the day. But... Oh, they're yeah. a better player. Yeah. I know. I, know I, yeah. I just thought it's worth saying. Yeah, it's, no, fair. Cause I, think, like, no, I understand that he's a good player, but it's like... He's, I, I can't see him dominating the league like in, in that way that like Giannis does or like Luka can. I think like, he's not LeBron. that physical player but I think he can be that showstopper a bit like Curry is and he doesn't play like Curry but in the way where the he has like print, the yeah. memorable mm, okay. moments with the big shots rather than the powerful dunks or like the carrying team sort of things because he just sets people up so well and I think that like you've got to reward that when a team wins so many games but this I, is all dependent on them, finish, them finishing quite high okay I think what we do have to remember as well that MVP and as many with the, like many of these awards, it's a very it's a narrative based award. It's not about who's actually the best player in the league because if that was the case, LeBron would have won last year. Not no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> but like there could be a very strong neg- narrative point for Trey actually winning. That's what I'm saying. Um, which is also why I want to say I don't think Luke is going to win this year either. No, because the narrative is going to be Dallas isn't good enough because they're not good enough. They're going to end up as like a sixth seed or fifth seed again because they. Like, oh, they're okay, but they just don't look very good. Jason Kidd, baby! <laughs> I heard them say yesterday that Jason Kidd thinks Kristaps is going to be, like, an all-star like all-star level player again on the on the, on the broadcast. Yeah, I... And I just, like, cringe because I, I watched, like, two minutes of the game and Kristaps took, like... You know, he, he got it in the mid in the midi, mid-post and just, like, shot bricks, like, three <laughs> of them in a row. And I was like, yeah, I saw it's not happening. I thought people were saying after they lost um, their first game that uh, Christmas was cancelled. <laughs> like kind of you know that when she cancelled the bus Christmas <laughs> made, made, made them run sprints yeah um no that's that's very 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 true I I think as a coach that's what you're meant to say you're meant to instill confidence in your players but that's probably not going to happen as we talked about last time like I, I in our preview I genuinely think there's like a discussion for Jalen Brunson being the second most important player. I think I said the best, which is wouldn't be true. It'd be like Tim Hardaway Jr. But I think there's a case of him being the second most important player. And I think when he's your second most important player, like you're not going to win many games. Like, sorry. It's just, it's just the truth of it. Um, what do we think about Jokic repeating? I think he'll have an awesome, like stat-wise he'll be there, but just like the, 
the narrative of like him being able to win twice like it's not going to happen like his people don't love him enough like yeah like okay. barring like a few fans the close fans yeah he doesn't have that gravity that like you see with like the other big players I guess there'll be that vote of fatigue a little bit like yeah. it's not like it's yeah. LeBron or Giannis where it's like heaps of years in a row but it's like the narrative is kind of the same like the only change is that oh if they finish really high he's done it without Jamal Murray but he's just not that popular to yeah be brought home like that I reckon that's fair what do you think uh, I I actually do think he is quite popular overall because he's like a very lovable player I don't think anyone like hate I don't I haven't met anyone that like hates Jokic you know what I mean? Like, because I've met people that hate LeBron, hate Giannis. And how can hate, you hate Jokic, though? Yeah. So, actually, to be fair, do even people hate Giannis? I don't know. But, like, people hate Curry. Like, people genuinely, like, are pissed at Curry whenever he has any success. Like, things like that. Like, Harden, everyone hates Harden. Mm. Um, but, like, Jokic, I haven't seen any, like, outward... Like, there's a lot of memes, because he's, like, a little bit chubby. But, like, besides that, like, there's no, like, actual, like... Um... It comes with winning. Like, I think... Yeah. The more success someone has, the more haters they get, just because people get sick of seeing them win. And he's not... He hasn't won enough yet. You know, yeah. so like not really his fault circumstances. They just haven't been healthy or, um, you know, things haven't lined up. But I think he should be in the mix, but he just won't get that hype. Yeah, I being agree. Being player he is and being in Denver. So. Yeah. Uh, Giannis, I personally think there is, before this season, before they won the championship, I thought there was a big element of like voter fatigue and people would be so sick of him because like the first two, like he won, he won them fair and square. Yes. But like the first one, like Harden was like a genuine in the conversation, it was like very like almost not 50, 50, but like 60, 40, maybe. I don't mm. know. Last year, um, like LeBron was in the conversation as well. Jokic was in the conversation. Sorry. The, this would be two years ago now. Um, LeBron was in the conversation and it just like kind of, it was like the analytics were all Giannis's way. And at that point, cause it's like how many people have genuinely won like three or four MVPs? It's like, it's really not many. So that's why I'm kind of leaning against Giannis not winning another, but with the championship and with it feels like there's a brand new like energy behind Giannis like, everyone like lo- and like the book coming out things like that um, by Mirren Fader like there seems to be a lot more like hype behind Giannis I don't know if you guys agree with me there yeah he's kind of like it feels like he's made it a little bit like he's yeah. arrived he's like he's here and I think that he, he's it is, it is narrative based but if he has like another otherworldly season where you just can't ignore these like incredible numbers yeah. He might win it again. Like if the Bucks are first seed, he's played pretty much every game. Like you know, he's in the running for Defensive Player of the Year as well. Like he'll be hard to ignore. Yeah. Like you won't just be able to say, "Oh, we voted for him before." When it's just that gen- like he's people say like he's our generation Shaq in the impact that he has. Where he can't be stopped. I've seen that be talked about. Like he like he it is. It can be like that. We just can't stop him. So yeah. I think that he's the best player in the league um, at this point. Um, but whether or not that means you get MVP. Yeah. Uh, Because, like, I don't... It's really hard to say, right? Because I think he is really good, but I also don't think, in, like, the grand scheme of NBA history, at this point in time, I don't think he does... This sounds harsh, but I don't think he deserves to be a three-time MVP. Like, as in... And it would be three, like, in four years, I think, if I haven't... Or three in five years, maybe, if I haven't um, miscounted them. Um, But, like, as in, it would be all back-to-back-to-back almost. And, like, because even LeBron, he had... uh, What was it, like... 09 or, so, or 010 he won MVP and like he like won another like in 2013 maybe I'm, I'm kind of just pulling numbers out but like and he hasn't won one since and like this is LeBron like the second it's, greatest player yeah. of all time it's weird when you do it like that because if Giannis does win you stack it up to who's won yeah however many you, you can't say oh he's better than LeBron yeah because like, I, I do think like no matter how good Giannis gets 
I don't see a world where he's better than like all time than LeBron. Like I don't think that's fair to say. Like, like but I think that's why he, it's hard to yeah to quantify by achievements and why it's like those lists can be trivial. Yes, it's like yeah, yeah, you know, and it's, it's always circumstantial. Exactly, and it's also unfair to Giannis to be like, oh, because I don't think you're going to be that great all time or whatever to take away an award from him. So like once again, that's not fair either. Um, good point though. But it is like it's weird because when you have someone like LeBron out there, it's just kind of making it, a, it, it's just a weird optics kind of situation. I guess moving on to LeBron, like, do we think he has a shot? Um, I would say he doesn't basically just because I think he'll miss too many games. Yeah. I think there's but a like, Impact wise, I think he's like still like, like questionably like the best player in the, in the game still. Yeah. Like when he's going, like he is like un- unstoppable and has like that much of an impact. Um, like, he's definitely, like, worthy of winning it, but I just don't think he will, based on the fact that he'll miss too many games. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not sure how, like, the seeding's going to go for the Lakers as well. Once again, it's a narrative-based award. So, and I think the narrative for him and Duran is quite high in terms of, like, they're both, like, the old guys who are amongst the greatest of all time, probably, like, top 10 all-time players, really. And it's, like, they should win. Like, Durant's only won the one. I think it was 2014. He's mm. only won the one. Um, LeBron has two or, th- I think, three, actually. Uh, if I haven't mistaken that two or three um, but like it's a long shot still because like he has AD on the team he has Westbrook on the team to take away like those counting stats which is you know important in MVP um, but I think there is a world where as we've seen from one preseason multiple preseason games and one season game like if Westbrook is like hot trash hot garbage and LeBron is like seen as the backpacker who brings LA to like the number one seed like then there's a big narrative there and I think he wants it I think he really wants an MVP for like legacy reasons. I would love to see that happen because last year he was like literally like in the running for it before yeah. his injury. Like he was that good. He was top two. He was yeah. He was genuinely like and for, for the record, this isn't like Lakers fans being Lakers fans. Like he was genuinely top two. Like that was like not actually like a disputable thing. Um, okay, Kadeen Harden. This one's a weird one because it's like I think they both have equal right. Like as we we're saying with um, Durant, there's like a narrative thing, and with Harden, he's like a perennially elite regular season player. I don't think that at this point either of them care as much about it. Do you think? Like, I think they, especially Harden too. I think Harden just wants to win at this point so that it's not, oh, James Harden never won a championship when he retires. Yeah. He doesn't strike. Like, when, when you're in Houston, it, it felt like he obviously wanted to win, but there was times where he, he was just putting up, you know, intentionally going for just like 60 points. And you just sort of, sort of feel like he was chasing his MVPs, but now you just feel like he just wants to win. And then I also don't know if KD, like... I mean, of course they care, you know what I mean? But it's mm. not what they're chasing. Like, and I guess LeBron might not be either. He might just go on trying to get another one too. But I feel like LeBron cares a bit more than they do. Yeah. Um, and also when you've got two guys like that have so much of the ball, it's hard for one of them to outshine the other. Especially when you've got Giannis right next to them. Like, you know, he'll be similar win total and probably better stats. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's my opinion. I don't think either of them care as much at the point where they're trying to sacrifice and win. So, yeah. What do you think? Um, yeah, I'm on the same wavelength as you there. Like, like two massive superstars being on the same team, just gonna hurt each other. So, it'd be tough. It'd be tough for one of them to win it. All right, I think let's get our picks in. Yeah. James, are you going with Trey Young? Look, you know what? Uh, when we say our hot takes on this podcast, we stick to them generally. Double down. I'm doubling down. Yeah. I haven't actually put any money on it, but I think if the Hawks win enough games, like it, it's a purely narrative-driven pick. Yeah, like I don't think Trey Young will have better stats than Young's. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, yeah. But yeah, I'm. You know what? Yes, put it on the board, Trey Young. All right. 
I like that. What about you, Joe? Bold take from you. Um, so my MVP, I have Steph Curry. Oh, I didn't even mention Steph. Apologies. No, Steph. yeah, you didn't mention him at all. Bit of bit of disrespect. <laughs> um, in in fairness, it was partially because I don't think their record's going to be good enough. I think it will. So that's why I've got him there. I think he's going to lead them. You know, like to the fifth or fourth seed. I swear, during the preview, you were like not I very high on the way. He's flip flop very quickly. They beat the Lakers. That's all he needed. I mean, he triple doubled and he just dropped forty five yesterday. No, anyway, that's fair. That just, that's fair. But I, I, you know, I put money on him before the season started for MVP. So I'll say. I was, on, I was on him before the season started. This is a financially motivated pick. I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, you got to back him in, you know. His, his, his talent's crazy out of this world still. You know, he hasn't, he hasn't skipped, like, lost anything with like a bit of more age. I think he'll lead the league in scoring. Yeah. And I think he will, like, once Clay comes back, hopefully he returns well. They can, um, you know, get a, get a decent seed and he'll be, like, seen as the best player in the league. Yeah. No, I think it's a very fair pick. I can't believe I didn't mention it there. I was more probably just slipped my mind because I thought... Mm. The record wouldn't be good enough, but no, it's very, very valid. And they, they do look good coming out the gate um, so far. I, oh yeah, I can't really decide. I was, I was tossing up between like LeBron and KD, but I'm honestly tossing up between LeBron, KD and Giannis. I think I'm going to go with Giannis purely because I do think the Bucks are going to be the best bet in terms of having a good regular season. Bit of a bit of a loser pick. Not very fun, but Do you yeah. think he can like win with like, you know, three times in five years, like you said? I think the narrative has swung around a little bit. It would be hard to ignore if he puts up... Yeah, really if he dominates, like yeah, he can't... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's been doing... Like, the other day, he put up 30 in, like, 17 or something silly in, like... Maybe not 17, sorry. But, like, it was, like, in, like, 30 minutes again. Like, he's doing it. He's doing it again. And I guess my close second would be LeBron. because so I do think he really wants it. And I think the media narrative is going to feed into it a bit. And that will obviously help him. Because, like, you know, it just does. Um, but, yeah. So, I'll, I'll, I, will, I will lock in Giannis. So, we have Trey, Giannis, and Steph. All different picks. Fair enough. I think it's a very open race, to be fair. It's uh, good. It's good. It's exciting. It's going to be great. Yeah. Um, Next award we're going to do is Rookie of the Year. I think there's, you know, only a couple front runners in this one. I guess it'd be like, you know, Jalen Green, Cade Cunningham. Uh, we've got Scotty Barnes, of course. My man. Jalen Suggs. Mobley. Mobley. But yeah, I, I think... Besides that, you could have you know you could have a sneaky Sengun year, a sneaky Josh Giddy year. Sengun, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think it's probably going to be one of those topics. I'll, I'll include Giddy in there because I think he has a fair shot if he gets enough minutes. Um, Joey, who's your pick? So my pick is you know pretty boring. Number one pick, I've gone with Cade. I think you know he'll just get enough usage and like he'll put up the numbers um, across the board. Like that's what I don't think. That's why I'm ruling out like um, Jalen Green because I, I see him as like just a scorer. But K can do a bit of everything, so I think he has the edge on that. Yep. Um, if not, my you know my second pick is like Mobley, because I th- you know I think he'll play a lot of minutes. So. Do you? Yeah, he played, he played thirty-eight in the opener. Oh, okay, cool. I'll, I'm that, hoping that was, without overtime, like that's. Yeah. A lot of minutes for yeah, yeah. a rookie. Because I feel at times weren't they running like him, Allen, and Markin? They are so starting like, all three. Markin yeah. was at small forward. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's very strange. Anyway, James, what's your pick? This will. Surprise you guys, but no, I won't actually. Scotty Barnes. <laughs> um, I think he'll um, he impacts both sides of, both sides of the floor, um, and he should get a, like a fair amount of playing time because I think the idea is even when Pascal comes back, he'll still play with a lot of the lineups. Uh, I think if he limits his turnovers and he continues to grab the boards, get blocks, and score and can, I think he'll just put up like a very solid sort of hard to ignore rookie year. Like, and I think Green might sort of like we're talking about. He's just a scorer. That can go both ways. If you don't put up the big numbers, it, you just have stinkers that are like, you know, horribly efficient, horribly, horribly inefficient, sorry. And then Cade, I think, you know, 
if he, he at the, like at the moment he's sort of in and out of the lineup, like health wise, but he probably should still be the favorite in plays. But I think like Mobley was sort of, even though he's playing, he will find it hard to get a lot of the ball. And then I, re- I reckon the re- the others are all a bit like, um, not they don't seem quite ready. Whereas I think Scotty's ready to contribute right now. So yeah. Like. Okay, I'm just going to point out to the listeners at home that. James has brought along a Toronto Raptors beanie to this to this recording <laughs> session. Game day, <laughs> homerism right there. It's like a nice beanie. It is. It does actually look like it's a very warm, nice yeah, beanie. Yeah. Yeah, it's, nice. it's warm. It's <laughs> <laughs> not just for show. <laughs> um, but no, that's no. Fair enough, Scotty Barnes. There's there is um, definitely some merit there. It's my only Raptor in my pick, so I'm just fair enough. Fair enough. Yep. Uh, I've got Kate as well. I guess yeah. Once again, a bit of a boring pick. Same kind of ideas as Joey. Where. I think once he comes back from his ankle sprain, he's just going to have plenty of the ball. Like, Killian Hayes has not impressed me at all. Um, and they're going to give him the keys to the city, and he will get to rock out. I guess the other closest one is probably Jalen Green. I have a feeling, maybe it's like a recency thing, but I have a feeling he's going to have like an Anthony Edwards kind of year where he starts off like super inefficient, like shot chucking. Because he's going to yeah. have like the green light, the greenest of green lights. But maybe there's like, you know, a rookie wall, wall which he overcomes about like after the All-Star break and he turns into what Ant Edwards was at the end of last year where he was like genuinely, yeah. he became a more, way more efficient scorer than he was, yeah, he was in the first half and an impact player. So I could see that. And because it's, it's all about, we, we were saying it for MVP, but it's all about narratives and it's all about recency. It's all about what have you done for me lately? And if Jalen Green has like three 40 point games, 30 point games to end the season, like he's going to be in the conversation. And that's, that's like the, like, that's it. That's mm. all you need to do. Like he could stink up the first half and people are going to forget. And it'll be like, if in March he's dropping 30 a game, well, sorry, he probably not, like he averages like 25, for example, yeah. right? He'll be right in the middle of the conversation again. It's the only, like, a, one of those awards where, like, winning doesn't matter at all, really. So, yeah. like, it's just all stat based. So, exactly. if he does put up a big stat, like, which is also why we should discuss Josh Giddy. Yes. Yeah. Right. Dark horse. I, I don't see it happening like realistically, but I'd love for it to happen. Yeah. Because I think he's just surrounded by straight garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like so. he, it'll be interesting. We've talked about previously, like the potential assist number, yeah. like yeah. much, much, much higher than the actual assist. Because even in preseason, he was throwing dimes and he was breaking. Yeah. So um, I think he could end up still with the most assists out of any rookie. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know whether he puts up the same amount of points. I think once again, as a narrative-based thing, there's something to be said about him and the way he plays, the way he's like flashy, he's a bit, a bit like Lamelo, where he'll get highlights. And for rookie of the year, I almost think that counts more because last year there's like an argument to be had that like Tyrius Halliburton was like the most impactful, like like you know in terms of from A to B, whole season through, like he was the most impactful rookie. But because he doesn't like do the stuff Lamelo does, because he doesn't dunk on what Anabe like <laughs> Edwards does, like he doesn't get the same. Of that, but all right. I'm sorry. Yeah, like. He doesn't have that same highlight. Like, Tyrese just didn't have that same highlight potential that the other two had. And I think that goes against them. Because it's like, these awards, like, they are what they are to me. Um, they're fun to talk about, but also, like, they shouldn't mean that much. But they do, unfortunately. But yeah, are we ready to move on? Yeah. Yeah. All right, Defensive Player of the Year. I guess our front runners, it'd be one of, you know, Rudy Gobert, Anthony Davis, Giannis, Draymond, and I've got Bam as a dark horse. James, who's your Defensive Player of the Year pick? Um, a bit of a boring one compared to my last two, which were pretty, I guess, outrageous. Um, I've gone Giannis because I think he's durable. He'll play the majority of the season. And I think he's found another level of confidence, which is really scary. Um, and he just, people seem to keep challenging him at the ring and, you know, he's finding new ways to, to block them. So, um, yeah, I've got, I've got Giannis as my defensive player. I think 
it sort of seems to be the same names that we've had for the last, I guess, two or three years. Maybe Simmons is not in the conversation because we're not sure whether he'll play. But I just think Giannis is he's the best out of those names in terms of overall defense. I know you guys are probably thinking, like, that's AD erasure, but, like, <laughs> Giannis is my pick here. Joey, what do you reckon? Uh, yeah, my, my pick is AD. Um. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> He's going to anchor the D, you know. LeBron's sagging. Westbrook's off-ball defense is horrendous. No, LeBron's a good defender. What do you mean? Yeah, when he wants to be. So. No, he's a great... Okay, no, I've got to settle this. He's a great help defender. Like, he's actually, like, genuine. Like, he's up there with Draymond in terms of, like, playing that role and, no, like, okay. anchoring the back yeah, of yeah, the back. Sorry, being too harsh. But, no. you know, every game you just Westbrook, see him, like, Westbrook. doing the, like, hands out. Like, what the fuck are you doing, Russ? <laughs> what the fuck are you doing, like, Kent? <laughs> West, Westbrook is, is hot trash on defense, though. Yeah. So. Anyway... Pretty all season boys. I just think AD <laughs> is just so versatile as a defender. Can guard one through five. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if Giannis won it or Rudy. So it's, it's really up for up for grabs. But hopefully AD just stays healthy. It's more like I just want him to win it rather than yeah. I yeah, think yeah. he'll win it. But Fair yeah. enough. Um, I personally have gone with Giannis. Sorry to betray you there, Joey. But I, I think Rudy no Gobert. No loyalty anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, no loyalty in the game whatsoever. <laughs> Rudy Gobert. I think there's just too much vote fatigue. I personally can't see him winning a single award ever again because it's just like you can't keep rewarding it's like oh look at him transforming the d with these analytical numbers and then like as soon as it gets to the playoffs like you are you are the target ad i just don't think the lakers defense is going to be good enough i just genuinely don't think they're going to be good enough at all and Giannis is going to be the best player the best defender on the best one of the best defensive teams in the league draymond i think there's like something to be said for draymond I don't... I think, like, once again, it'll depend on their record and their defensive ranking. Because besides him... It'll, and it'll also depend on how Clay comes back, like, defensively when he when he does come back from injury. Because, like, guys like Jordan Poole, I don't think... Haven't proven to be very good defender. Like, as in, like, a lot of their fringe players aren't, like... Yeah, and to, to be a good help defender, you need good other defenders, or at least, like, average defenders, so that you can, you know, come across for those help blocks... Because you can only be so so good of a help defender if people are getting blown by all the time. You having to help all the way, all around the you know court. So, yes. Um, yeah. Typically, when you have really good help defenders, they're part of a really good defense. You know, so like it's only so much you be able to do. Yeah, there's only so many fires you can put out when you're like 32 years old, 31 years old, and you know, Draymond isn't always in the best of shape as well. Yeah. And when you've got AD, Giannis, and even Bam, like you said, putting up like loud block numbers and all yeah, that yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah, it'll be hard to ignore those. But yeah. Definitely worth considering if Golden State have a year where they sit at the top of the table. So, Do we think um, the Heat's defense is going to be very good enough for Bam to be in consideration? Uh, um, I reckon. What do you reckon? Think? Yeah, I reckon. They've just got to play their players. I think the biggest thing for them is like they're Jimmy and Larry are old. Like they can still turn on when they want to, but I don't know, will they play every yeah. game? PJ Tucker will help. Mm. They've got good... They've I mean, got, they're a team with good... Well, yeah, I'm say, yeah, I'm yeah. going to say like they're a good team defense like a good defensive team but like and a good coach Bam individually like yeah can he like win that by himself compared to it like yeah can you win like the defensive player of the year like yeah it's more like can he get the numbers is that what you're saying yeah or, can he get the numbers yeah because like the defense is actually just insane it's like yeah it's it might not stand out enough yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. fair yep yeah it'd have cool. to be like a what's it? didn't like marcus or win it when like the grizzlies were like yeah real good yeah yeah, yeah. anyway uh, let's move on to coach of the year. I, I I literally have like four names here, but honestly, it could go anywhere. So I'm gonna let James go first. So this 
this ties into my MVP pick. I think Nate McMillan will win Coach of the Year because after, after Ooh, he okay. took over the Hawks after last year after Lloyd Pierce, their win record was like ridiculous. Don't have the stats on hand, but it was like almost best in the league. Yeah, not day. At that point, they'd lost too many that you know it didn't. At the end of the season, it didn't look outrageous. But since then, they've won such a high rate of games that if they finish, you know, first or second seed, he'll get a bit of that recognition because it's the exact same team essentially last year and he had a great... I know it's for this season, not last season, but still, like, it's continued success. So I think if the Hawks do well enough, I've got him as my, my coach of the year. So, yeah. I think that's a good pick. Cheers. <laughs> my, my pick's really boring uh, Monty Williams because I just think the, the Suns will win enough games yeah um, yeah I've got I've gone Monty as well so yeah, okay. same boat there fair enough no that's a good pick he deserves it he's yeah. a good coach and had, had, a, had a tough run yeah. yeah so like I mean the four that I had um, including Monty who I had as the front row was Steve Nash Eric Spolstra and Bud Coach Bud Steve Nash because I think Brooklyn will just win a crap load of games and I think you have to almost reward him for dealing with the amount of crap he's had to deal with. Spolstra, because once again, like, Miami's just like a powerhouse, like, and they're seen as, like, a coaching powerhouse and, like, a franchise powerhouse kind of thing. They're just, like... Organization. Yeah, yeah, as a whole. Um, and I think... Yeah, <laughs> culture. So, I think he's, like, yeah, he's the head of that, and that will count for something. I don't know if... I don't know if he's won one before. I, can we get our producers on that one real quick? We can. i just call him in here and check. Yeah. Um... um and I'll move on to, yeah, Coach Bud. Like, once again, it's like the same kind of deal. Like, they're going to win, this, like, so many games. Um, but I do think in terms of narrative and winning games, the front runner will be Monty Williams because... He's never won one. Spolstra. Yeah. Oh. Maybe there's a narrative in there as well then. Yeah. But I guess I don't know if they're going to win enough regular season games. I think it's, it's all very volatile. But, yeah, I do think Monty Williams is the safest pick. But Nate McMillan, I like that, actually, quite a lot. I think if we're happy there, we're going to move on to most improved player. Joey, who's your most improved player? Uh, very popular one after preseason. So I went with Jordan Poole. Oh, okay. Yep. I think he actually carries his form over. He'll average like close to 20 points a game, um, especially until Clay comes back. Obviously, I have Steph as MVP, and I'm not sure. Has, has anyone ever won like MVP and another teammate has won most improved or another award that on the same team? That produces a bit longer. <laughs> let's, 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 let's not worry about that one. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so I've, I've got him. He's, a, he's an absolute bucket, so hopefully he just increases his scoring output. But, like, you know, like, with um most improved, like, it's so hard for a player who's averaging, like, you know, 20, like, low 20 points to, like, win the award because they have to increase their scoring by... I think like substantial amounts. I think it's not only the literal counting numbers, but I think it's more like you can see the way they're. Like, yeah, it's like, but like so, for example, like I wanted to like uh, like this is just like an absolute dark horse pick, but like Jalen Brown, like having a most improved season, is almost like impossible. Because I think it's too late for him. He's yeah. too good because he's an all star. Yeah. yeah, unless he like is MVP level. Yeah, I couldn't see it. Yeah, I was I think. thinking like before the awards, like because I was I didn't pick this person, but I was thinking actually. Jar would be good for most improved because yeah. he hasn't won All Star before. Mm. But like he still put up the numbers that like can you improve enough to say they're most improved? So I didn't I didn't pick him mm. because it's kind of like he could have kind of been an All Star last year. If, you know there was a lot of reserves in the West. He maybe didn't deserve it in the first slot, but he could have been picked as a reserve. It's kind of like because I was looking at the list of all the guys that've been most improved in you know, the last sort of ten seasons. It's all guys that had that first season of All Star. Like there's Randall Ingram. 
Siakam, Oladipo, Giannis in 2016-2017. And then McCollum. Like, it was all guys that they had a season where they were either chosen as all-star or, like, on that yeah, level. Yeah, it's a big level. So, it's like... It's weird because it's like... <clears throat> I actually agree with the Jordan Poole pick. But it's like... Can he... Is he an all-star? So, there's no. that. I yeah. Think he, like, the, the, you know, the peak Jordan Poole this year isn't going to be an all-star. Exactly. And so, it's like... But you, you don't have to be an all, you don't have to be an all star. No, you don't. You don't. But when you look at the guys that have won it, like they all kind of have been. And I except for CJ, I guess. Oh, yeah. Well, I was thinking CJ. <laughs> and then Butler yeah. was the year before, and then Dragic. Dragic is probably the only one on this list really that didn't. But was, was Giannis may not have been an all star the year he won it. No, no I don't think he was in 2017. But it's just it's just like something to think about. It's, it's like they're often players that now we think about they're really really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's, it's a weird one because out of all these awards, I think it's also probably my favorite one because you just. You can't see it coming. No. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You, like, you genuinely can't. Like yeah. someone will like will come out of nowhere and we'll listen back because it could be cool. D- like, Devonte Graham. Yeah. <laughs> I lost. Settle down. <laughs> I, um, you guys are gonna laugh more when you hear my actual pick. But James, no OG and no love. Look, look. I just I just think that there's gonna be other players, and I don't think that this award typically goes to someone that kind of. Oh, not always, but like their team wins a lot of games. And I don't know if we'll win enough games yeah. for it to be there. So I've, I mean, actually, now that I've said that, I am going to actually walk that statement back because my pick is Anthony Edwards. Because I think, really, okay. I think that if the Wolves have success this season, like successes in like competing for a, like a playoff spot, it's because he'll take the next step yep. and like won't be an all star because there's just too many good players in the West, but he'll yep. put up all star numbers. Oh, it's another really good um, pick. So, because I think he's, he's better than D'Lo. He'll get more of the ball. Um, and, yeah, I, I just think, like, he, he's someone that you're never going to think... You don't think of, but, like, he'll put up the numbers. I thought so. you were going to say, um, Jaren. Yeah. I was... Really thought you would go down that route. He's he's too inconsistent for me at the moment. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess so is Anthony Edwards, but too. And, like, is he... He's probably in the ballpark of those guys that have been around for a bit and then take that leap. Mm. Because if you look at, like... Siakam, Randall, and Ingram was the last three that have won it. They're probably in a similar position to Jaron where they're kind of established, but then they took that leap after getting their contract or just to get their contract. So yeah. that's probably maybe might change my pick. No, but I, I'll no, stick I don't think you'll. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, he, he was in my, in my sort of list. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So like my list is, uh, you guys are going to love this. Um, Michael Porter Jr., Jordan Poole, OG, Jaron Jackson, Jar, and my man Tyler Hero. Let's go. Uh, yeah. I, I back that. <laughs> and I actually... Um, so, like, well, we've discussed Jordan Poole. So, your pick is Tyler Hero. That was actually, like... See, I was leaning towards him and okay. Michael Porter Jr. I actually haven't... I'm going to decide within within like, a minute. I like Michael Porter Jr. for it as well. Yeah, because well, yeah. I think he's, like, the clear pick in terms of... He's going to have the ball way more. Um, and, like, he hasn't really produced. Because, like, he has rookie year. This is what I was talking about before. Is like, what did he average last year? Like, probably 16 or something? Like, like 15. Really? Yeah, oh, something. I thought it was, like, yeah. 18. No, but even be. even then, that's that's it's still plenty of room to jump. Like it's like oh, Oladipo yeah. Yeah. would have averaged like sixteen, seventeen, and then he had his big year in Indiana, and then he was mm-hmm. I don't know twenty three. Yeah, he's in Just, the perfect position yeah. to get his stats this year and compared to last year, and say this yep. guy has really improved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I think we'll visually see it as well because he's gone. He's going to go from being a spot up shooter to be like someone. I think we talked about this in the Denver preview bit, but like someone who's going to be on the ball, he's going to be running pick and roll, he's going to be doing a lot more different actions that he hasn't had the chance to do, and I think he's going to be more than capable of doing it. I really like OG as a dark horse pick, but the only thing keeping me back from picking him is like, I feel like we've been expecting OG to win most improved for like three years in a row now. Yeah, it's like, well, I just isn't going to be there. Yeah. If it's, yeah. 
Um, Jaron, once again, like a really interesting... Jaron Jackson Jr., that is. A very interesting pick. Jar Morant, same as that. I... Screw it. Because I feel like I've had very boring picks so far. I think I went like Giannis, Cade, Giannis again, Monty. So I'm going to go Tyler Hero. Lock it in. Tyler Hero. Because I think he, you know, as we've spoken about a little bit before, like he had his big breakout in the bubble, struggled heavily last year, but I think his confidence is back on the way up and I could genuinely see him being like a lights out player this year. All serious. Completely agree. Also, I've just had a word from the producer. Um, he did actually average, Michael Porter Jr. averaged 19 points okay. last year. Oh, okay. Fair enough. And seven boards. So, like, that's what I mean. Like, can a player like that actually, like, improve you know, improve? Enough. Like, he'd have to average, like, 25, 26, and, like, 10 boards, I think. Yeah, which is basically all-star at that point. It's but, so hard for a player But like it that. is, I think it's it's understated how hard it is to go from 19 to 25 points. Oh, like, yeah, definitely. Scoring an extra six points a game is, it's, like, yeah. hard. But that, it would always be a lock if you did that. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah. yeah. Like I guess and the boards could stay almost the same. And he, yeah. if he goes up to 25 a game, I think he's almost okay. bro, um, a yep. lot in the bag. So I can't believe none of, yeah, we've, none of us have picked him, but yeah, he'd probably be the front runner in all honesty. But we just love to, to zag on this podcast. We love to, <laughs> to be nation weird. All right, sixth man. I have on my list Kevin Herter, Tyler Hero again, Jordan Clarkson, and Patty Mills. Is there anyone you guys have that um, you'd like to mention? I've got my pick. On? Yeah, okay, go show us your pick. My pick is Tyler Hero. So, oh, same. Yeah, yeah I've actually, oh, you've got him for six man as well? Yeah. 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 I think it's going to be awesome, like you said. Yeah. <laughs> like initially, like after his second year or something, I really thought he was, you know, going down the Kyle Kuzma path. Um, oh, nah, he's, he's different. Just like, he's different. No, he's got like actual he skill. He actually is like, yeah. like legit. Yeah. So, and I've got him on my fantasy team again. Man had like 27 points. Um, yesterday, there's tears and joy in like 20 right minutes or something. I was like, "Wow, <laughs> you believe it's the real deal." So yeah, yeah especially yeah. when like Larry, like you, he'll probably rest a little bit as well. He'll get tremendous opportunity, put up big stats. Yeah, yeah. I hope. I think he'll win it. I think he's a baller. He's genuine. Yeah. Yep. What about you, James? I've got Patty Mills. So like in mm-hmm. your sort of list, I think that if Irving doesn't play, Mills won't start, but he'll still have to pick up a lot of the scoring. Yeah. And like if you look at that roster, it's a lot of like older guys that can fill a slot but can't just score. And like I think Mills is set up perfectly to just like let it fly. That would be incredible if if he won. Yeah. Like how, so how cool would that be? He's so man. cool. Yeah. Awesome. At his age as well. Like wow. It's yeah. Uh, and he's looking good. Like looking really good at the moment. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's my pick. I was looking at the betting odds, and Jordan Clarkson is um, like essentially the front runner still. Oh really? Okay. Oh, well, and the ones that I looked at, like, you know, different different agencies and whatever, yep. we have different things, but. Um, yeah, yeah, the, the idea is that he's going to repeat. I don't know if I. I feel like the whole world is down on the Jazz again. It happened. It's like a, it's a it's yearly cycle. Frauds! It just frauds. Like, they do this every year. They the win a lot of games, <laughs> and then like they get all these awards, and they just lose in the second round of the playoffs. And they don't, they're not even injured. They had Conley, I think, injured for a little bit last year, and then I think they lost to the Clippers, didn't they? Uh, yes, yes, because yes. Kawhi had won. Yep. no Kawhi. Like they lost to the Clippers. Yeah, like they're frauds. <laughs> and that's got to have voter fatigue like we were even saying for this podcast we were like who won defensive player of the year last year and we were both like no it wasn't Gobert because it just feels like so long ago it was it was Gobert like, yeah. <laughs> yeah but in my mind it's just like no like he wouldn't have won it because he's not he's, as good as he was yeah, two years ago but that it was, was actually last year, year. <laughs> yeah. no Jazz are just until they like make the conference finals I would never believe in a Jazz ever again sorry Jazz fans if it is a podcast <laughs> Kevin, Kevin. seen it before yeah, yeah, yeah. We've the people seen... of Utah are fuming right now. <laughs> Salt Lake City. There's a picture of James and on a dartboard. And they're just throwing... Right, they're getting straight tens. All we got to do is prove it. And it comes from years of believing in the Raptors only to lose in the second round of conference fight. So I've seen it. Don't worry. I know. Yep. Kevin Herter? 
Yes, no? Uh, no that's a no for me. But you know, my fantasy team. So I, I think by default I have to sort of back him a little bit. Yeah. But uh, I don't think he'll win it. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I. What was your reasoning behind it? Um, well, once again, he's not my pick, but yep. I just think he has... You know, he's got the contract extension in the bag now. He's all sorted. I think, you know, that gives you a boost of confidence as well. Um, it could be a really good team. Like, so there's that whole team narrative. And he's, like, clearly the best player coming off the bench, I think. There just oh, is a lot of good players. That's the thing. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a good point. That's that's the only thing. It's not like he has to carry this incredible load like Hero, for example. But he, then it's like Ingles and Clarkson last year. Yeah, that's true. Their bench is pretty Like good him and, like, Reddish and, I don't know, like... Yeah, there's like a whole bunch of dudes. He'll be good. Like, yeah. He'll be good and he'll probably be the best player off the bench, but I don't know whether it's enough to yeah. win compared to some other people. Yeah, yeah. So. Um. Gorgie Deng. He's <laughs> <laughs> good. He's good, man. He's fine. No, he is. Yeah, he actually that wasn't, that wasn't a shot at Gorgie Deng specifically. That was just a... He, he, I feel like he's in on my sixth man of the year list, unfortunately. No, but... No. Uh, right, so we're going to move on to discussing some of the contract extensions and non-extensions that happened uh, in the last week or so. So I guess what we have here is um, Mikael Bridges. He signed for 90 million for four years. Landry Shamet, 43 million for four years. And DeAndre Ayton didn't really get his extension. We're going to focus on the Suns here. There was a couple others, like Kevin Herter got an extension. I think Jaron Jackson got an extension. Um, yeah, a whole bunch of others, but we're just going to focus on the Suns here. What are our thoughts? First off, what do you reckon, guys? Ayton's got to be annoyed. Like, yeah. they're paying Shamet. You know, he has a right to like be annoyed. Prioritizing Shamit, locking in Shamit. He's yeah. not really shown much. It's embarrassing. Like the Bridges one is fair enough, but I saw like um, at a training during the week, Aiton was wearing a Alfred Payton jersey. Did you see that? <laughs> no, I did not. Payton, like Payton. Like uh, Payton, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so that is, was is, funny. Is he taking it like well, or is he? No, he's apparently like angry eyes. Oh, like, fair uh, enough. So, like, oh yeah, like I mean, he just anchored your team to the NBA Finals as your like. Literally only big, and you're not going to pay him. Yeah. Well, other players who are like unproven are getting bags. I know. Yeah. You have to be. Some it's just boys. silly. Shamit's played like one game for them, <laughs> and you got a bag. <laughs> okay, let, let, let's cycle back. Uh, and before we do cycle back, I would also like to mention that currently, as of the 23rd of October, 11:22 Australian Eastern Standard Time, whatever, there is a currently a breaking story on Robert Sava that he may have, you know had some, I think it was, you know, racist acts, sexual harassment issues, things like that. We're not going to comment on it because, you know, we don't know what's going on. It's still a breaking story, so, you know, it'd be premature of us to say anything. But we just want to acknowledge that that is currently breaking as well, which directly influences the Phoenix Suns. But we'll move on from that uh, to Mikael Bridges, 90 for four. I think that's a really good deal. That's, that's a really good deal. I was yeah. expecting him to get, like, upwards of, like, 25 million to be... Because like, mm-hmm. some team would have thrown him... Like a hundred million dollar bag, like for sure, no yeah. doubt. No, it's a, it's a good deal for them. Yeah, really good deal. Like they clearly want to keep the core together. Well, like you assume so. They'll. I think the idea with Aiden is that they'll just match whatever anyone throws at him. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, great, good sort of contract that they got for Bridges. Really. Yeah, like he's, he's the best three and D player in the league, almost. Really, you think? Who's better? Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. But it's but, like, but it's, not, it's like the fact that I can't immediately bounce back means that if you, you know, like think about it. Like when we were doing the previews, every time we needed a good wingman, no, I, I mentioned Mikael Bridges. <laughs> it was like him, Jeremy Grant, yeah. and but because Jeremy Grant's now no longer like a three and D in a way because he does so much more. Oh, yeah, and like OG, like those are like the guys I was talking about. And OG's not as consistent yeah, of a shooter. Yeah, OG's probably a better defender. Like. 
if we're talking like fringes, like like the very edges of their game, like you know what I mean. But then he's less versatile. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like locking in Bridges means that they will have their starting small forward for the next four, five years, or whatever. Like it's done, and he's gonna be there. And like he's not gonna barring like you know knock on wood like a catastrophic career-ending injury. Like he's gonna be there, and he's gonna be effective. I mean, he has so much room to grow as well. Yeah. So I think that's like like extremely good value for the money that they got him on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like slightly over. Like it's like 22 a year, I think. Yeah. Like roughly. Like, yeah, he can literally just grow into like an, like an all-star easily, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so for him to be on that contract is very good. Then I guess we move on to the Landry Shaman of it, of it all. 43 million for four years. Yeah, as James said, purely just disrespectful to the Dion trade. Because it's like... <sighs> If, if you're going to go from the angle of being like, oh, well, we're like penny pinching, why do you need to lock up Landry Shamit now and for four years and for, like, for 10 million a year? do what he does for like, you know, he's not someone that you can't replace. He's you not bad, yeah. but he's not like good. Like He's, he's not, not worth prioritizing. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And the optics of it is so bad because it's like he has played, he's, bu- he's bounced around. Like he was on Philly, he was on the Clippers, he was on um, Brooklyn last year. And like, yeah, he never like has been a bad player, but he really shouldn't be the priority when you can still lock up Aiden. And I guess like the biggest thing for me with Aiden is like, yeah, like not only this respect, but it's like you hold, we've seen players hold a grudge over things like this. Like Gordon Haywood in Utah, he didn't get his like full max extension. Um, Kevin Love in Minnesota, he got the four years instead of the five years when he wanted to be like that, you know, max contract five-year player. But they were like, no, we don't think you're that good. And then it's like, oops. <laughs> and it kind of turns around like a few years later because uh, it's just... Why would you screw around when you're probably gonna pay him in a, in um, like nine months anyway? Yeah, I know. Like, just you should just get just it a bad done book and, and, and not have it hang over you. You mm. know, like he's not the type of player. Like he's obviously pissed, but I don't think he's the type of player to sort of you know pull some sort of like yeah. Simmons situation where he's just upset and doesn't want to play and doesn't participate no. and all that sort of stuff. But it's like you know, be frustrated. But that's definitely a player versus organization thing. Like the, I'm sure the teammates are thinking as well. Like you know like you should have been paid but I like it's interesting too like like I think he's obviously better than Jaron which is why Jaron's got sort of signed and, and it wasn't the max yeah but so I made a good point like the Grizzlies continue to sort of extend their players get people who you know that, that they don't want to play there to the destination they want to go to it doesn't send the right message from the Suns point of view that they're going to take care of their players and yeah like, a little bit really like yeah. he can't have done more than he's done given yeah. his yeah. archetype and the type of player he is yeah, yeah so yeah. you just pay him yeah, there's, there's been, you know, on the Robert Sarve thing, like, not the specific one that's come breaking today, but there's a history of him being a little bit stingy in terms of yes. not... Uh, yeah, I'm putting it lightly. <laughs> um, you know, like, the Steve Nash era, like, not paying players, like, letting guys like Joe Johnson go when he was a critical part of that team. Like, he has consistently not put winning ahead of, like, pocket the pocketbook. And, like, you know, that, that is what it is, unfortunately. Like, it just is what it is. But I guess if I'll play devil's advocate here, right? On the other hand of this all, like what has Aiton really shown? Because if you think about it, right? Rookie year, he gets outshined by Doncic, who's like their clear... Doncic and Trey are like the clear max level players from that draft class. Second year, uh, and he also had... Sorry, in his second year, he had the whole drug thing, the diuretics right, thing, which is all weird. I, like we don't know what actually happened there, so no comment. That, yeah. But he missed like 25 games. And like last year, during the season, he was good, but he wasn't like elite like even first round like he was getting bashed by ad until ad got injured like that's just what it was and then the elite elite version of aiden came at the very very end of the playoffs and like the last few rounds 
he, I think he came into like after AD went out he like really kicked into another gear like that was yeah. beyond regular season DeAndre Aiden and he became like the best form that we've seen so far so you know on the other side of things right he's only done it for like a month so maybe that's what they're thinking because it's like can you can we trust you to keep doing this and do we want to pay you the max when we've only seen you do it for like realistically a couple of weeks and he isn't he isn't that versatile on offense sort of yeah thing. like he hasn't shown that he can really stretch to the point where it's like oh this guy's so unique but it's just like how he's not like centers are kind of I guess the most replaceable position in a way yeah, yeah. but it's like do you want to go through that sort of process to get someone else down the track like wouldn't you just rather have someone who's here in front of you and wants yeah. to get here to sort of lock him up so and yeah. it's easily replaceable but you need an elite an elite one because to go through the West, like you're playing Jokic, you're playing AD. When you get to the finals, you're playing Giannis. Yeah, like you need a big, um, you're playing Gobert. <laughs> She'll be right with it. Power forward, you'll be feeling Just get, get Terrence Mann on your team and he can go at Gobert <laughs> and you'll be fine. But like, yeah, as in like throughout Just the... Gonna hate us this yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just like, he's so easy to slander. But like throughout the West, there are plenty of good bigs that if you just have JaVale McGee or someone like that, like you're not going to be able to keep up. Like they'll get played off the floor. Like that's when you need Aiden to be able to step up, um, which is why I, I, yeah, ultimately like where I stand is I just don't understand. It. I think it's silly. I think it's opening a position where he can form a grudge, but yeah. No, I agree with that. All right. So let's transition into the final segment of today. And it's a new one. We're going to call this the down under debate. Yeah, how nice does that sound? Um, basically, what we're doing is one of us picks a topic, can be, uh, you know, a, an actual interesting debatable topic or just like a stupid one. And what we're going to do is assign sides to the other two. So basically, for example, if we wanted to mess with James, we could have a very anti-Raptors side assigned to him and he have, would have to argue, for example, that like Ben Simmons is better than Pascal Siakam or something. Something that would give him a lot of pain and, you know, vice versa with us as well. Like you could give us something like a player that we really love um, and make us like have to talk smack about them. But that's the idea. Um, Joey's hosting today. And yeah, take it away. What's the topic? All right, so the topic, I've chosen an absolute stupid one today. Would James Harden's legacy be the same if he didn't have a beard? <laughs> Curtis, you can be on the side that saying his legacy would be uh, the same. Without a beard. Yeah, okay. Yeah, without yep. a beard. Yep. So and James, you're arguing that James Harden's legacy would be question actually is like would would his legacy be the same if he had a beard or not yeah and, and I'm, I'm saying you're for yeah for yeah, and yeah. I'm against yeah, yeah, yeah. but in, what does that mean for me again so you're arguing that his beard is integral to his legacy yes okay, okay. yep yep I can do that okay, okay. okay. alright I actually have a great argument ultimately I think with James Harden it comes down to his stats and his ability his ability to carry a regular season team his Whatever he does with his face, you know, whether it's 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 big or like a big beard or not, has no true added value. Objection. The beard, <laughs> the beard is integral to him drawing fouls because when he throws his head back, it sort of looks like more contacts being created than all. This is a genuine thing. I remember watching a video on it that the longer his beard was, it sort of flails around more, which means it looks like he's been smacked in the face more. So you take... If you had taken away the beard, you'd take away the free throws. And that means no MVPs. Because I think one season he had like 40% of his points with free throws. I'd take that away. Because he wouldn't be getting to the line. Because it was like, oh, this man 
What's he doing? He's throwing his head back for no reason. I think the real value, though, is drawing his fouls through his flailing. His, his ability to, to get into the body of a player and draw contact. Doesn't work without With beard. or without a beard. <laughs> with or without a beard. He can't sell it. He can't sell it. He's open the shop and he can't sell anything without his beard. That's what I'm saying. But what if, what if instead of his beard, I think, I think we'd then attribute another part of his body to like, it would be like <laughs> the eyebrows. Or something. I don't know, like he'd be known for something I'm else. Struggling, I'm telling you, he needs to be to throw his head back and like, you know, flail. It helps. It does, you know. Uh, I, I'm going to argue that the ability to take step back jumpers is not tied to the fact with whether or not you have a beard. <laughs> I think it helps keep him on balance. There's <laughs> so much weight. Yeah. <laughs> so everything's going to rim slightly out now that he doesn't have a beard. Yeah, he lines it up when he, like, with his beard. It's just like when he goes in position, it's time to go up. You know. you know what? I because the weird thing with this is I actually agree with <laughs> I agree with you. Yeah, I know, like, yeah. That's why when Joey is I do that style, I was like, yes, <laughs> I know which argument. I remember because, there was a whole sports science thing into like does his beard like exemplify the way he's able to sort of throw his head back, and like people reckon, yeah. I guess the argument for is like when he didn't have the full beard when he was in OKC, he was still pretty good. He was still good, yeah. and he was still good at uh, was it Arizona State University or like wherever he went for college, he was. You know, he was the third pick in the draft, I think. So, like, you know, he's had... He still had a little time. bit of facial hair, didn't he? Yeah, but, like, as in, it's not the beard. It's like different. Goatee, it was, I think. Yeah, it was, but that it was, was when he, he, he got all his points through his step-backs and stuff, not through his fouls. So... I think he's always had a good ability to finish <laughs> at the rim, but, you know. And his playmaking is not affected by his beard. His beard does not affect his vision. It's not that big. So, I think we have that going for my point. I don't argue against that, to be honest. I feel like if I had a beard, it would get in the way when I'm trying to throw quick passes on my legs. Yeah, why didn't I go with that? No, I'm I'm going again. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) The best part of James Harden's game is not his scoring or not his drawing fouls. It's his playmaking. And his playmaking is unaffected completely by the size of his beard. His vision... I don't know if he wears contacts, but his vision is fine with or without his beard, and that is the end of it. There. I think, you, you, like every everyone, even casuals, you ask them, James Harden, I'll tell you it's the free throws, and he doesn't get the free throws without the beard. Like he's a free throw merchant, and he needs the beard. I think we've got agree to agree. If if we were, yeah, we need we need like a, a end of segment bell or something like like I don't Hamish yeah. Nandy. Like <laughs> this has gone for way too long. Do you sort of are you gonna now like pick? Yeah, you uh, have to pick I actually up. can't pick now. <laughs> I think I think maybe just have I think my own it. opinion overrides. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what's that's a good your, debate? What, what's you, your opinion? That it, it does matter to his legacy. Yeah. For the foul reasons. Well, I was thinking more. It's his marketing. Yeah, I was thinking that as well. Oh, true. Yeah. It's the beard. Like he's yeah, marketed he by the beard. The beard. He's yeah, the yeah, beard. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like, you have some very good points there, Curtis. Oh, I missed that whole thing. I swear because like, it shouldn't matter because it's like his. It's his play. Like it's his play. It's all about the bottom line, hey. Like no- He'd be really like boring personality that one. Like what would his thing be? Like he was saying like, the, the eyebrows, the the, <laughs> the, the braids. <laughs> He's got braids now. That's true. Yeah. The, the gut. <laughs> the gut. <laughs> the chub. <laughs> Alright. Cool. Good debate, guys. Yeah, that Great was interesting. Session. Yeah. That was fun debate. Hope you enjoyed that, everyone. Yeah. Alright, well, I think that's gonna wrap it us wrap it up for us today. Thanks guys for doing this in person. It's been a lot of fun. This has been, it's been real good. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of lot of good vibes here. But yeah, thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in to episode 12 of the Up and Down Under podcast. If, you, if you'd like, please give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you guys listen from. And if you enjoyed what you heard today, please subscribe to our feed and recommend our podcast to your friends. If you have any other suggestions or you know you want to come on to the Trevor Reza game. Get smoked. 
<laughs> feel free to get in contact with us through our email, which is the up and down under pod at gmail.com or through Instagram or Twitter. And join us next week. Bye.